0: time this doesn't look as attractive as it once did because you're fixing your eyes on the things of the kingdom i'm just talking about a thousand that have a vision for their heart they've got passion for
1: god they're leading intercession on their schools they're set apart consecrated under god and they've got a vision and a mission for their life all right how many of you excited to hear what god wants to speak to you this morning that's about half of you i need all of you to just be ready in your hearts i believe that god is going to speak Um, Whenever we come to this part, and I know some of you are newer maybe to a a full-fledged church service kind of thing. Maybe, I know some of you guys, it's your first time even here on Sunday morning in junior high. Man, this is not like playtime. Like, we want to hear God. Like, we want to hear what God has to say to us. And we believe that you guys are mature enough. You are smart enough. You are old enough to say, you know what? I'm going to quiet myself for about 20, 25 minutes or so. And I want to hear the voice of God speak directly to me. Can anybody just say, like, that's your heart this morning. You really want to hear the voice of God. You want to hear God speak something to you. I promise you, if you want to, if you want to hear God, He will speak to you in a real significant way this morning. So, Wednesday nights we have something called... That's not enough for you. Wednesday night, we have something called... It is awesome Wednesday night. This was like our second, second week in our, in our small groups. And I just want to thank you guys who are participating in that, and especially our DLA leaders who are leading small groups. And dear Galatians, we're having a great time in that. So thank you guys for participating. The last two weeks, we just did like a mini-series called The Dare, right? And it was essentially on, what would you say, if you had to put in your own words? Daring what? doing daring things double daring my friends no (laughs) what was it yes ding 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 to spend more time with god to be intentional about spending more time with jesus on the everyday basis last sunday we kind of closed with a prayer saying god Lord, would you give me a secret, silent, running conversation with you throughout my day in a cool way? God, make me lonely for you whenever I go days without communicating with you. And I pray that you guys are doing that. I pray that you guys are creating time for Jesus on the everyday basis. So as you guys know, we're beginning a new series today entitled Revivalists. Everybody say Revivalists. Revivalists. Okay, so what comes to mind whenever you think of... Revivalists this isn't rhetorical. I want you to kind of just shout out me. Revelation, what else? What comes to mind whenever you think of revivalists to bring back to life to to, 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 to vive people. people, to revive people? What does it mean? Are you bringing them back to viveness? what else what else do you, what do you what else are you guys think about whenever you think revivalists? Fire come on somebody's revivals okay what comes to mind when you think revival revival all right here we go real loud come on to bring back what once was alive. right now is you're bringing it back to life very good someone else in the corner louder sweetheart i know you got a big booming voice i've heard you Yes, bringing one back, someone back to life. There's an echo. What else? Somebody else? Anyone else have anything to add? Here we go. Prayer. Prayer. You think revival? Jesus, always a great answer in church, right? Jesus. <laughs> what else? Prophets. Prophets. Great. Right here. Out for Mateo? Going all, out for Going all out for God. Right on the end. Drew, Drew, there's both Both of you are Drews. Drew Rice, Drew's right. Okay. Tall Drew, bringing people back to God, and second tallest Drew, an era of revival. Very, very good. So different things come to mind whenever we whenever we think revivalists. I just kind of want to define it for you. And DSM High School and DSM Junior High are both starting this series together. We truly believe that God wants to do something ...in the youth ministry here at New Life Church. you have something to add? God loves everybody. The idea of revival is to actually embrace that... ...and to know that... ...and to live as a response to that love, right? Good. Thank you very much. Okay, so I want to just define revival for you guys. Revival um, defined on dictionary.com is... ...restoration to life, consciousness, vigor, or strength... Or it's a restoration to use, okay? Or an acceptance, the revival of old customs. An awakening in a church or a community of interest in and care for matters relating to personal religion, personal relationship with God. Probably one of the best definitions of revival was stated earlier by one of you guys, to bring something back to its original purpose. Everybody say that, bring something back. How wasn't everybody. Everybody say, bring something back, bring something back. To, its to its original purpose. Okay, that's great. That's great. To bring something back to its original purpose. So examples of reviving things like anybody's cell phone ever died. And it's like the most inopportune moment. And you're like, God, send revival. Make my, make, my phone, make, my droid, make my iPhone, make my cell phone, make my joy, make my iPhone, make myself, make it work again, Lord, because I really need to call somebody or send a text message. Anybody ever been stuck somewhere and your parents are coming to get you and the cell phone died or your parents phone was dead and you're trying to contact? Yeah, isn't it the worst? Somebody just shout, we need a revival. <laughs> if you ever been in those or anybody have um, like portable electronic gaming devices, like on a long trip. Or on a plane ride, and it dies, right? To revive it means to plug it in the charger and bring it back. It was not made to just sit on my lap and be dead, right? It was made for my entertainment. It was made for me to enjoy it, right? Right? Okay, cool. So, so, reviving things, bringing things back to their original purpose, or bringing them back to life whenever iPads die. It's so the most, my iPad, ironically, I didn't blame this, my iPad was dead this morning whenever I got here. So, it's kind of been charging in the back there. I'm like, Aubrey, you got to revive my iPad because it was not made to be dead, it was made to live. Amen? So, revivalists in this series, revivalists are those who call the church back to her original purpose. So as we go through this series, be aware that there's a stirring and desperation student ministries as a whole to be revived, to go back to the vision that God has entrusted even to Pastor David Perkins. There's four essential core values. Passion for God, right? Crying out to God in intercession, set apart in consecration, to the Lord, big word that just means living differently from the rest of the world. Consecrated means nothing more than just being different, not just kind of going with the flow, doing everything that everyone else does. So, living in passion for God, crying out to God in intercession, living a consecrated or a set apart life, and they're on the boards, even behind me there, but also fulfilling the mission. Of making disciples. What does that mean? Telling people about Jesus Christ. And then living a Christ honoring life. So your friends can watch the way that you live. And be drawn closer to Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? So going back to the original purpose. I want you guys to open up your hearts and get ready. For God to blow your minds as we kick off this revivalist series. Does anyone want to be revived? Come on, all of us need some areas of revival, some dead things in us, some dead God things in us. Maybe where you strayed in your relationship with God or are you're not as bold of a witness as maybe you once were. Some of you need to be vived so that you can be revived. Some of you have never been vived. So some, some of you have never walked in relationship with Jesus and truly given him everything. You're going to have opportunity to do that even as we go through this series as well. God is everything. God is powerful. He wants to use your life for His glory. Let's go to Scripture this morning. Exodus chapter 20. And I'm going to start at verse 1. If you have your Bibles, just turn there. If you're taking notes, I'll give you a title for this first week of revivalists. But we're going to go to Exodus chapter 20, verse 1. It says, are we there yet? No. No. Just say, wait a minute. Let me know, let me know whenever you guys get there. If you have your Bible on your phone, youversionbible.com app, you should quickly be able to get there. It's E-X-O-D-U-S. Everybody there? Okay. All right. Second book of the Bible, right after Genesis. Exodus 20. I'm starting at verse one. It says, then God gave the people all these instructions. Verse 2, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. 3 says, you must not have any other God but me. As a matter of fact, let's read that verse 3 together. Here we go. 1, 2, 3. You must not have any other God but me. Okay, we're going to read it all together here. Okay, verse 3. Here we go. 1, 2, 3. You must not have any other God but me. You must not have any other God but me. Does this sound like a suggestion? Um, a, a point to ponder on, maybe. <laughs> like you pray about it and then come back to me and let me know what you think about that statement. This is a direct Statement from the God of the universe. Verse 3, you must not have any other God than me. Verse 4 says, you must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. And I just want to read half of verse 5. It says, you must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I will not tolerate your affections for any other gods. Bow your heads with me real quick. Father, I just thank you for your word this morning. I pray that it is powerful enough to pierce through our darkness, to pierce through the walls that sometimes we allow to come up. Father, I thank you that it's powerful enough to forgive us, to wash us, and to cleanse us. Show us where we are wrong. Perfect us in the areas where we are weak. Use your word to glorify Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to talk to you, week one revivalist, week one message title. which you just write down if you're taking notes, clear the stage and crush the idols. Clear the stage and crush the idols. Got that? Clear the stage and crush the idols. What we just read were the first two commandments given to Moses for the nation of Israel on Mount Sinai. And of course, there are 10, right? But today, I want to just focus on the first two and the commentary or the thoughts that God begins to kind of speak because you know woven into the Ten Commandments there are all these commands but in between God kind of gives a little bit of commentary. He gives a little bit of okay and this is why and this is what I mean by that. Like you shall not have any other gods. Let me just kind of clarify. Let me amplify. Let me really make it extremely simple for you to understand. Don't make any carved image. Nothing in the heavens. Nothing in the earth. Nothing in the sea. Nothing should come before me. And you want to know why? Because I the Lord God am a jealous God. All that's wrapped around are kind of built into the first two commandments, you guys. And so, and so as God gives us these things, again, they are called commandments. They're not called suggestions or kind of like, you know, good ways to live. Your, they're called commandments. Remember, we serve a king who is on the throne. Okay, so in this, this one guy, his name is Martin Luther. He says this, if you get the first two commandments, you won't disobey the other eight. If you can nail down the first two commandments, you won't disobey the other eight. You see, on the inside of all of our hearts, you guys, there's a throne and there's a cross. Everybody say a throne and a cross. So on the inside of every single one of you guys' hearts is a throne and a cross. Whenever you come to Jesus, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So, so an example would be on the throne of your heart, before you come to Christ, you are sitting on the throne. Jesus is kind of on the cross by your sin, the way that you know. Now we know that God is exalted and he's in a place of honor, but just to bring out this illustration, spiritually speaking, Christ is dead in you. That's what Paul says in the New Testament. It's like Christ is dead in you. Okay, and so whenever you come to Jesus, there's a swapping of places you get off the throne of your heart. Jesus comes off of the cross. He sits on the throne. And then you climb up there and you get on the cross. Oh, this is unfamiliar to you. Jesus said it this way. If any man follows me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow after me. If anyone wants to be my disciple. And I don't know about you, but I want to be his disciple. I don't want to be just a disciple of culture or a disciple of of my family or any of those things. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Do any of you want to be disciples of Jesus this morning? And some of you are, and you're following. It's a beautiful thing. So the first two commandments pose the simple question, you guys. Who is in the driver's seat of your life? Come on. Who is in the driver's seat of your life? You are Jesus Christ. You are God. And it's so simple to say Jesus because we're conditioned to give Sunday school answers, right? What's this whole thing about? Jesus. Who am I talking about this morning? Jesus. Who should be on the throne of your heart? Who is on the throne of your heart? Jesus. But wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is your lifestyle saying? How's your behavior at home, you guys? How is your submission to those in authority over you? How is the love between people right here at church, much less some of your classmates are, different athletic team members? How well is your love? How well are you reflecting Jesus? And most of all, in your personal time. Again, we're starting this revivalist series. Message one, week one, clear the stage and crush the idols. Everybody just say that with me. Clear the stage stage. and crush crush the idols. Crush the idols. Clear the stage and crush the idols. What or who will carry the highest level of importance in your life is what the first two commandments are about. What or who carries the highest place of importance? It's very easy to say that we love God. It's very easy to say that he comes first, but like, does he? Like, really? And we're going to look at some practical examples this morning too. So I want this message to be crystal clear. Is it friendships? Is it hobbies? Is it people, singers, actors, athletes, your own comfort and satisfaction? When was the last time that any one of those areas was kind of turned upside down for the cause of Christ in your life? Come on, what am I talking about? An interruption, maybe of your daily schedule or an interruption, maybe of a friendship or relationship that Christ said you need to let go of that because it's stealing your affections. Verse five says, verse four says, you have no other gods before me. Verse five says, for I, the Lord, am a jealous God and I do not want your affections to be towards another. What is that? What is your affections? It's the things that move your heart, you guys. So, it's very easy outwardly to project a, an image or project a sign that you are all about Jesus Christ. And if you're talking to your neighbor, stop before I call you out and embarrass you. Thank you very much. It's very easy to portray a certain image outwardly that God is number one, you guys. But I'm asking you, who is on the throne of your heart? Who's on the throne of your heart? And when was the last time that your daily routine or your habits or whatever just kind of got trashed for some minutes? I'll give you a personal example. Beginning of this year, you guys still getting to know me. I love certain reality TV shows. I love music. I love instruments. I love people who can sing. I love people who are gifted music. It's just one of my passions, right? Yours may be sports. Yours may be fashion. Yours may be Whatever. My gosh, I just love music, right? And so one of my favorite shows, American Idol and The X Factor. And The Voice, okay? All, like all three of those are just kind of like all together. But I watched the first season of American Idol. I was in high school. It was like 2002. Kelly Clarkson was the big. In a moment like this, some people wait a lifetime. I mean, it was like really, really big. Okay, that's like cheesy to you, but man, I mean. She can blow, okay? Okay, so like all these different singers that have come up through the years. And so at the beginning of this year, Octavia and I, as we were praying into the new year, we felt like the Lord was saying, okay, I want you to cancel your cable. I'm like, you cancel the cable? I've never lived a day without cable. I mean, it sounds right. It sounds bad, right? No, honestly, for as far back as I can remember in my life, I've never gone without cable. I mean, it's like killing me, okay? And so, so the Lord was just like, you know, Brandon, you can, you know, it's starting to become a little bit of an idol in your life. And I'm like, I mean, I mean, really? No, really? Is it of really a cable? And I'm like, oh God, what am I gonna do? I mean, it's just like, I mean, yes, I love God, but I love cable. I love all sorts of TV shows. I love to know what's going on in the world. I mean, I just be. mean, I just, I just need to know what's going on. And so, um, the Lord said that. And it was like one of the most painful things. It sounds really cheesy to you guys, but it was, I was like, okay, Lord, like, give me, you know, when do you want me to do it? He's like, January 31st. I'm like, oh God, you know, I waited until January 31st, like near midnight to call a cable company and say, okay, like we want to pull our cable. And here's the big thing. It's like almost as expensive to have wireless internet in your home. Is it is to just have cable and wireless. Okay, I'm giving you guys this example. You look at me like I'm crazy, but this is a big deal to me. So it may not be a big deal to you. I may think your idols are weird. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> um, so, so, so for me, it was just like, okay. And as I was kind of looking over the notes for this message, and just kind of preparing, the Lord was like, man, it was an idol. Like I called you to trash that idol. And thank God I was obedient. We were obedient to that. So, so I'm just asking, when was the last time that God kind of nailed you? And you actually follow through in obedience and said, okay, Lord, I'm, that has become an idol in my life. It's become an take. I mean, I would like build my schedule around. I mean, if it wasn't like the DVR was set and I had to make sure the DVR was set if I wasn't going to be home because that show, I just got to see it. It's a real practical thing. And no, watching TV is not bad. Lord Jesus, watching cable is not bad, you guys. But anything that becomes to take a higher place of importance in your life, even at your age, God says you must not have any idols. Zero. I won't tolerate them in your life. Does that make sense, everybody? Cool. Laugh at my idols. Don't laugh at your idols. So we'll move on. Listen to this, you guys. Who is on the throne of your hearts? Idolatry, to be clear, idolatry is worshipping anything that ought to be used or using anything that ought to be worshipped. Come on, worshipping anything that ought to be just used or using anything that ought to be worshipped. Like God or God's name, those kinds of things. It's an idol. And God says, you will not have any idols before me. I just won't allow it. As you kind of take a look at this picture on the screen here, I want to read Revelation chapter 4. Kind of put some things in perspective. It's a bizarre picture, I know. Really strange there. That's a picture of what someone came up with as they were reading in the book of Revelations. Revelation. Interesting book already, right? Specifically, Revelations chapter 4. It says, then I looked, and this is, of course, John, the guy who wrote the book of Revelations, right? He's writing, he says, then I looked, and oh, a door opened into heaven. The trumpet voice, the first voice in my vision called out, ascend and enter. I'll show you what happens next. Verse 2, Revelations 4. I was caught up at once in deep worship, and oh a throne set in heaven with one seated on the throne, suffused in gem hues of amber and flame, with a nimbus of emerald, 24 thrones circle the throne, with twenty-four elders seated, white robed, gold crowned, lightning flash and thunder crash, pulsed from the throne. Seven fire-blazing torches fronted the throne. These are the sevenfold spirit of God. Before the throne, it was like a clear crystal sea. Prowling around the throne were four animals, all eyes. Eyes to look ahead, eyes to look behind. The first animal like a lion, the second like an ox, and the third with a human face. The fourth like an eagle in flight. The four animals were winged. Each with six wings, they were all eyes, seeing around and within, and they chanted night and day, never taking a break. Holy, holy, holy is God our master, sovereign, strong, the was, the is, the coming one. Every time the animals gave glory and honor and thanks to the one seated on the throne, the age after age living one, the 24 elders would fall prostrate before the one seated on the throne. They worshipped the age after age Living one, they threw their crowns at the foot of the throne, chanting, Worthy, oh master, yes, our God, take the glory, take the honor, take the power. You created it all, it was created because you wanted it. That's what heaven's like, that's what the throne room of God is like, where our Jesus. Who's seated on the throne. That's the kind of worship. That's the kind of atmosphere. That heaven is like. And a part of your Christianity you guys. Is pulling some of that heaven. Down to earth. It's literally like pulling. That's what what Jesus taught us to pray. He said your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. So just to give you a real clear picture. There are no idols. In heaven. There is no one who receives worth, worship. There is no one who is worthy in all of heaven except for the son of God and the son of man, Jesus Christ. And the 24 elders that are seated around the throne, you guys, I think that's a picture of the posture of our hearts as Christ followers. Our song should be worthy. Our song, our life should say, you know what? Worthy is God. If I have any idols in my life, they just got, they have to go because there is one who is worthy. Can I get an amen? amen? Going back to this thought of a throne and a cross in your heart. Make no mistake, you guys. Jesus is on a throne, but he wants to be on your throne. Make no mistake. It's not like poor little Jesus, he needs a throne. He can, oh, let me open up the door to my heart and he'll just come and just come and relax in here, Jesus. I know you need a seat. You're tired. No, 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 no. He has a throne. He just wants to sit on the throne of your life because he loves you, because he wants to lead you, because he wants to guide you, because he wants to use you for his glory. Every single one of you have a purpose that God wants you to accomplish here on the earth. You see, it's so easy to lose sight of the awesomeness of God and to replace him with an idol, you guys. I need you to fight the temptation To make good things your idols. I need you to fight the temptation. To make good things, causes and efforts your idols. Friends, appearances, sports, hobbies, academic successes, music. Whatever it is, all good. But none of them are to be worshipped like an idol, you guys. God is greater than all of these. If you have your Bibles, flipped over Exodus 32, 15. Exodus 32, 15. I'm going to read there. It's on the screen as well. Then Moses turned and went down the mountain. He held in his hands the two stone tablets inscribed with the terms of the covenant. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. These tablets were God's work. The words on them were written by God himself. 17 says, when Joshua heard the boisterous noise of the people shouting below them, he exclaimed to Moses, it sounds like war in the camp, Moses. But Moses replied, no, it's not a shout of victory nor the wailing of defeat. I hear the sound of a celebration. 19 says, when they came near the camp, Moses saw the calf and the dancing, and he burned with anger. He threw the stone tablets to the ground, smashing them at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf that they had made, and he burned it. Then he ground it into powder. Then he threw it into the water, and then he forced the people to drink it. Wow, mean old Moses. That's carry like it carried away. You guys, Moses wasn't worshiping idols because he was too busy being with God. He was too busy, wrapped up in the presence of God, seeking God's heart, saying, God, what do you want me to do in my generation? How do you want me to lead these people? How can I serve you better? He was too busy. He was so consumed, if you will, with the opinion and the thoughts of God. that he just didn't have time to give thoughts to idols and to worship them. It's interesting because Exodus 19, 3, Exodus 19, 20, Exodus 24, 13, and 15, Exodus 34, and 4, Numbers 20 and 7, Deuteronomy, th- Deuteronomy 34 and 1 records all instances where it says Moses went up. Moses went up. Moses was constantly going up to God. And so this is a picture. Moses went up. So in Exodus, Moses went up. Exodus 20, Exodus 30, Deuteronomy. Moses kept going up. You guys, whenever it speaks of Moses going up in Scripture... Essentially, it's talking about you guys going up to be with Jesus. How do you do that? It's so easy. It's not mystical. It's not, it's not that supernaturally whatever. It's you having time with Jesus. It's you saying, God, I have carved out a day in my uh, schedule, time in my daily schedule to honor you, to bless you, to talk to you, and for you to talk to me. I want to hear your voice, God. Moses was continuously going up going up moses's response to the idols in israel was that he crushed them did you hear that bible says he crushed them he burned them and then he forced the people to drink the gold that he had made what's interesting about this is that while moses was up getting the word of god for all the people they got bored they were like oh you know i'm not really sure what's going on up there i mean it's been a long time since he came let's just i mean we just we need something to worship So Aaron says, okay, let me collect all of your gold. And this is really interesting. You got to read the Bible. It's just funny because Aaron says, whenever Moses comes down and he looks at Aaron and he's like, Aaron, what what is this? There's a, what are you doing? And Aaron's like, well, you know, the people, Moses, I mean, they just, they just really needed something to worship. So I collected all their gold and we threw the gold in the fire. And what do you know? Out came a calf. Literally, you should read the Bible because that's what he says. And it's like, Moses, like what? What? It didn't even make sense, man. Any of you ever lied before and it just didn't even make sense to yourself? I mean, it's just like, oh, it's the best you could do. I think Aaron's kind of like in this position, like, yeah, we just, we tossed in the gold. And what do you know? Out came a calf. And if a calf is there, I mean, we just started worshiping Moses. Moses didn't see the humor in it. Moses didn't find it funny at all. Moses said, okay. Every single idol has to be destroyed. Here you go, you guys. Your power to avoid idols lies in your pursuit of God's presence. Your power, the power to avoid letting anything else steal the affections of your heart lies in your pursuit of the presence of God in and on your lives. Moses' response to the idols, crush them. There were no suggestions to come up with a three month plan to sort of wean them off of their idols. Moses said, No, 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 no. Today, right now, this moment, they all have to be destroyed. They have to go. You guys, any idol sitting on the throne of your heart must be killed, crushed, and burned. Any idol sitting on the throne of my heart must be killed, crushed, and burned. You see, God was better than idols back then, and he still is better than idols today. So here's my question to you. What idols, what idols are in your life today? What idols are in your life today? And you see up here various things on these tables. It's so easy, you guys, for I mean, I love sports. I love, I went to my very first NBA game like two weeks ago. It was awesome. The Denver Nuggets and they won in overtime. So I'm not knocking all sports. I'm not knocking all sports. I'm just saying anything that steals your affections, anything that you build your day around that becomes more important than Jesus Christ in your lives. Is an idol, so we have like a basketball up here, we have a, like a football, I mean, we have like taekwondo, karate, martial arts belt, we have a jersey, what, whatever it is, we have a baseball bat, I mean, just, I mean, baseball. It can be an idol, you guys, because today we're real smart and we say, oh, we're, we're, we're wise enough, depending on your background, you know, I'm not gonna like make a golden image, I mean, Pastor Brandon, I don't have any idols in my life. There is no one that I am bowing down to. But I'm saying anything that takes rank or precedence over God in your life, it's an idol. And the Father will not tolerate it. It's easy to allow TV to become an idol, you guys. TV shows, whatever it is, music, whatever you're... It can, it can even be good stuff. It just can't be an idol. Is this making sense to you guys? It's easy to, uh, to get, I mean, uh, even a PlayStation 2 or, or different gaming devices are, are like Facebook. Come on, somebody. Building your life around it. It's an idol. It's an, or, or what about, and we have a mirror here because sometimes we can become our own idols. We have a picture here, if you can see it, just a group of Friends. How many of you know how easy it is for friends to become an idol? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm asking you to let the Spirit of God speak to you even this morning. You know, Moses came down. Moses had been in the presence of God. Moses had been with with God. And he came down with a holy boldness. He said, any idols... They have to go they have to they have to be they have to be destroyed that's what Moses said so he just takes it and he says it's got to be crushed it's got to be destroyed it's, it's got to go any idol in your life this is what God wants to see you do in your life he says I will not tolerate any idols in your life so if it's gaming stations it's got to go it's got to be literally crush why because anything you worship anytime you begin to give your affections to something or someone else god says it's an idol it's I, i can't tolerate it it's not cute it's not funny it's not wise it's not he says you've got to crush it in your lives so if it's facebook maybe you should just take the computer Turn it over for a while. Fast some things. And just say, hey, for a couple of weeks, it has so become an idol in my life. You know what? It's just got to go. If it's TV, if it's different things, if it's movies that you're watching, take a bat and literally crush it, you guys. Very serious about that. Gaming devices, it's got to be crushed. If it's friends, if it's relationships, God says, you cannot, they just can't come before me. They just, it's not that I don't love them. It's not that I don't love you, but it can't come before me. It just can't, it won't do. You cannot have any idols before me if I'm going to be your God. Do you want him to be your God? I think that's ultimately what it comes down to. I don't think the people of Israel were so confused or so in like it was like, oh, we don't really know what we're doing. You guys, we don't give ourselves sometimes enough credit. Sometimes we know that we have idols in our lives. Sometimes we know that people are stealing our affections and you know, I would worship God, but what are my friends gonna say? About that, so. But I'm asking you to get in a place before the Lord today and say any idols in my heart, Lord, they've got to be crushed. They've got to be destroyed because I want all of God. You guys, this is not a decision that you make one time in your relationship with Christ. And again, even if it's you, it takes you literally saying, you know what, God, if I'm the idol, it's got to be crushed. I refuse to be my own God. I refused about 12 years ago. Actually refused again this morning in prayer. I refused Wednesday night. I refused Thursday morning. I'll refuse again tomorrow morning. Tuesday night, I'll refuse again. Wednesday morning and Wednesday night, I'll make a decision to refuse again. What am I saying? This is a continual decision-making process, you guys. This is not just a one-time event where you say, oh, God's going to be God in my life, and, and I'm just kind of not. No, 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 no. It's a daily decision to say, you know what? I can't have any idols in my life. I love God more. Jesus Christ is more worthy than anything or anyone in my life. I refuse to have idols. It's interesting because even in the New Testament, whenever I believe it's John who's writing, he says, Little children, and he's talking about the love of God. And then, just kind of bizarrely in the middle of this thing, he says, Stay away from idols. Stay away from idols. You guys, if there's any question in your heart that something or someone is an idol, It probably is. And God's probably saying. You've got to crush it. The lame idols in our lives pale in comparison to the person of Jesus Christ. You guys, have you lost your awe and your wonder for who God is in your life? If so. There's probably a few idols. Jesus says this, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your arm causes you to say, cut it off. Why? Because it's better into the, into the kingdom of God with one eye or one arm. And then to miss it all together and have two working hands and two working eyes. So it was real serious kind of. And so I want, I want you to really feel that this morning. There was a sobriety. There's a, there's a realness that Christ is calling you to today. Every single one of us personally. This isn't a group message is a personal message to every person in this place under the sound of my voice. Everyone in this room is worshiping something or someone. Whenever we come together for corporate worship, you guys, and I know sometimes we can fake it or just whatever. If you're too cool to worship God, you might be on the throne of your own heart. If you're so cool that you can't lift your hands or you can't engage with the God of the universe, you may be on the throne of your own heart. And that's a dangerous place to be in, you guys. You were never created to sit on the throne of your heart. There is one who is worthy. His name is Jesus Christ. There is one who is worthy. And he is seated on the throne today. He's seated on the throne in heaven, but he longs to be seated on the throne of your heart. That's all I'm trying to tell you today. But in order for him to get on the throne, you have got to get off of the throne. And you've got to remove and smash to pieces anything and anyone who has stolen your affections for the living God. For the living God. If you say I'm not worshiping anything or anyone, then it's probably yourself. It's probably you. What are you Gonna do about it today, guys.
0: The stage and set the sound and lights ablaze. If that's the measure you must take to crush the idols, shirk the pews and all the decorations too. Until the congregations few, then have revival. Tell your friends that this is where the body ends Until you're broken for your sins You can't be social Then seek the Lord and wait for what He has in store And know that greed is your reward So just be hopeful Cause you can sing all you want to Yes, you can sing all you want to. You can sing all you want to, and don't get me wrong. Worship is more than a song. From all the plans that you have made and sit at home alone and wait for God to whisper, begging please to open up his mouth and speak and pray for real upon your knees until they blister, shine the light on every corner of. Until the pride and lust and lies are in the open Then read the word and put to test the things you've heard Until your heart and soul are stirred and rocked and broken Cause you can sing all you want to. Yes you can sing all you want sing all you want to, and don't get me wrong. Worship is more than a song. For my God is an idol And anything I want with all my heart is an idol Anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol The thing that I give all my love is an idol. We must not worship something that's not even worth it. Clear the stage, make some space for the one who deserves it. See.
1: start that over and just kind of play it from the beginning. I want you guys to take a moment, its about a minute, minute and a half or so, and just kind of evaluate in your own, in your own hearts. Nobody moving, nobody walking, okay?
0: And hey, the words of that song
1: is just so impacting, even in my own relationship with the Lord.
0: all the decorations too
1: clear the stage and crush the idols I want you guys because I want to give you an opportunity to respond to what God is saying or doing, speaking in your own lives this morning as we close if you feel in your heart that there are any, anything resonated with you as gaming or the idol of self or sports or TV or Facebook or Relationships, whatever that is, I want you to stand to your feet today. I want you to stand to your feet today and just allow God to deal with your own heart. This isn't everybody saying this is, if you really feel like there's some idols in your life, you guys, you know, the Holy Spirit is so good to deal with us right where we are. And so as, as we kind of turn that up, next 60 seconds or so if you need to move you can we place those lamps there around if you want to just step out where you are and just kind of go to the side you can or you can stay where you are or you can come to the front 60 seconds i want you to just kind of have a crushing idol moment with the lord honestly and that just comes through a verbal prayer you guys can move really really quickly we'll dismiss in about 90 seconds just somewhere for you to just talk to jesus by yourself And I want you to confess any and every idol that the Holy Spirit has illuminated in your heart. I don't want anybody praying with anyone. This isn't the time for partner prayers. This is a time for you to talk to God and say, God, I repent today because blank has been on the throne of my heart and not you. And I want you to take your rightful place. Come on.
0: Because you can sing all you want turn that can. talk to jesus 60 to 90 seconds
1: god this idol has been on my heart and i want you You on the throne i don't want it there any longer
0: because i realize that you are worthy you are excellent you are awesome you are the only thing that is worth my worship and my time i repent today in the
1: name of jesus for this idol idol for this person being an idol for my own self-image being an idol for my friends being an idol for an unhealthy boyfriend girlfriend relationship being an idol for facebook being an idol god i trash it i crush it today in the name of jesus and i say take your rightful place
0: anything i put before my god is an idol And anything I want with all my heart is an idol. Anything I can't stop thinking of is an idol. And anything that I give all my love is an idol we must not worship father I thank you today that you forgive us that you don't condemn us
1: that you're not ready to throw lightning bolts at us but your grace is sufficient so I pray for students today God who are trashing crushing burning destroying idols in their lives God even the idol of self Lord we declare today that DSM DSM Junior High father will have no idols before you you, Lord Lord, that we will make a priority of the first two commandments and allow you your rightful place in our lives because the lamb is worthy we bless you today and as we start this revivalist series we expect revival in our hearts we expect miracle signs and wonders we expect for you to break in God and to have your way in the name of Jesus to use these young people to the full capacity that you've called them to in Jesus' name I bless them today God I thank you for your Holy Spirit anointing and power upon their lives And as they continue to crush their idols throughout this week, God, I thank you that they will make intentional decisions to say Jesus is on the throne of this heart. I don't do what I want to do. I don't just say what I want to say because he is my king and he's in control of my life. I bless them today in the name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you for sincere and authentic heart change because of the anointing, the very power of God. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, everybody said